What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined, as always, by Derek Terry, the Cats Paws. Derek, Kentucky finally has a football win, and are you surprised that Mississippi State didn't score a touchdown? Uh, Very surprised. I think I picked uh, Mississippi State to score 35 points today. I was the only person on this podcast and the only person on CatsPaws.com to pick Mississippi State to win, so I guess that was a good luck charm tonight because whatever I picked for Kentucky, they do the opposite. But, uh, you know, I saw Sean the first time in Mike Leach's career that he didn't score an offensive touchdown. Yeah, first time. I mean, I don't think anyone expected that. I think I picked Kentucky 27-21, I believe, is what I picked yesterday on the podcast. Uh, Certainly didn't see – a 24-2 score. Uh, Kentucky's defense oh. just completely controlled this game, Derek. And that was a unit that took a lot of criticism for the last for the last seven days. It took a lot of criticism on this show, particularly the secondary. But it was to me, it was the front seven that really played well today. Of course, in the turnovers, a lot of them came from the linebackers. Uh, but two, I mean, Mississippi State. They didn't have receivers wide open. Everything was in front of them, and Kentucky's guys made tackles. Yeah, really good job today by that group. Uh, I thought the linebackers in particular were really good. Um, Bogey Watson made a tremendous play to keep Mississippi State off the board. I mean, that's a touchdown if he doesn't rip that ball away. Um, I thought one of the best plays of the night. And then he also had a sack, so he played really well. Jamin Davis got a pick. Uh, Jordan Wright got a pick. Pretty much all those guys. Even Derek Jackson, the last uh, <laughs> snap of the game, basically. He got an interception. So it was a really good job by that group. Kelvin Joseph, uh, much maligned the last week. Uh, two weeks, really. Hadn't played well at all. Uh, comes down with a pick. I thought it was a tremendous game, and I felt like you could just kind of see the confidence growing. Couldn't you? Could. As the game went yeah. on, I just felt like you were waiting for the next interception. Well, That's how well they are playing to me, when it, it was 14 nothing there, the final possession of the first half, and when Kentucky got that pick by Jamin Davis, that's when I saw the confidence go to another level because that was a momentum play there, Derek. I, who, does this game, is this game different if Mississippi State get, gets in the end zone there and cuts it to a one-score game going to the half? That, that was a huge momentum play in a part in the game where momentum just hasn't gone in Kentucky's favor in the first two weeks of the season. They had the, the incident there on the – it wasn't a touchdown. Was it not a touchdown at Auburn? And then last week, so it, that was encouraging to see right before the half. It, it was. Um, you know, I don't know how much different the game would have been, but it was a great job to have that kind of momentum going to the locker room. And I was, Sean, I was stunned that Kentucky won the toss and took the ball. I, I mean, I don't remember. They almost always defer uh, when they win the toss, so. 
you know, I don't think it was a bad move. I mean, I, I mean, I think my preference would be to always defer and to start the second half with the ball. But it wasn't a bad move by Stoops. But the way that he made that decision, it would have lended itself towards had Mississippi State scored right there. You know, you could have been talking about a game that you felt like you were in control of going from 14 to zero to possibly 14 to 14. <clears throat> excuse me, if um, Mississippi State scores right there before but they didn't. Uh, and as it would turn out in the second half, things wouldn't get any better. I mean, Leach changed quarterbacks. That didn't help. That kid was even worse. Um, J.J. Weaver should have had a pick six. He dropped one. Sure. I mean, for them having six picks, they honestly could have had, and this is not an exaggeration, they probably could have had eight or nine interceptions tonight. They, there, was a, there was a chance that there could have been four interceptions returned for touchdowns. Uh, Josh Pascal's, it almost went the distance. Uh, Jamin Davis had one right through his hands there in the first half. You mentioned the one of J.J. Weaver and then the one that they did get with Jordan Wright. So it, it could have been four defensive scores for Kentucky. It ended up being one. Pascal set them up. But I'll ask you about this, too, and Stoops talked about it. Max Duffy was huge tonight, Derek. Uh, had to punt a lot. But how how big was it early in the game where he was able to give Kentucky field position early in this game? He was a big deal. I also want to give a shout-out to Tucker Day. He punted five times for an average of 59 yeah. yards for Mississippi State. This was a phenomenal punting matchup, and I don't say that. I'm not being facetious when I say that. Like, I tweeted during the game, I really do enjoy, like, watching good punters. I can remember when you were there, Texas A&M, two years ago. Uh, I think Braden Mann was that kid's name at A&M. Like, him and Duffy were just having a battle in a defensive game. That's kind of what this was for a lot of the night. It was kind of a defensive-type struggle, which is surprising, uh, given – how well the offenses have played at times this year for both these teams. But, no, he was he was phenomenal. Uh, Duffy, eight punts for 359 yards. But his yardage wasn't the same. Of course, uh, you know, he had more – he had a few more. But, um, sorry, what I'm trying to say is, like, his placement was perfect. Uh, the kid from Mississippi State just boomed a few that went to the end zone. But the, the free kick, though, I guess is what it's called, after the safety. Yeah. I was sitting there typing that Mississippi State was on a great full position because not only was it a safety where Duffy kicked the ball at the end zone as a penalty, so I think he was punting from his own, what, like 20 or 15? He was. And he punted it like all the way down to the other goal line. And so Mississippi State started on the 16th, or I thought for sure they would have started around maybe the 40 or so. He's going to be a guy that I think he is good enough that people will talk about him being a loss after this season. But, I mean, unless this kid, Wilson Berry, the other Australians that are coming in next year, unless he's anything like that, like, that is a weapon that is probably not going to be the first thing you talk about after a game. But, I mean, what a luxury it is to have that for UK. They, they've done so well with punters for so long that you, you feel like you're that they're probably going to have another good one. But Max Duffy's incredible. He, he's, a, he's a weapon. Uh, there's going to be games where – you can look and be like, okay, Kentucky has a significant advantage here, and he helps them win games. Derek and tonight was an example of that, keeping not not giving Mississippi State an opportunity to have a short field was huge in this game. But for all the talk about the air raid and stuff this week, and you know what we saw them do to LSU in Week One, and a lot of it was Kylan Hill. For the most part tonight, everything was in front and Kentucky's defense was in position to make plays, that is something that you and I talked about for the last week that I felt like that they weren't even near the ball in those first two games, but it felt like that they had they had their eyes set on the ball and they were in excellent position. And, I, and just a uh, tip of the hat to Brad Watt and that group for getting it figured out this week, and they had an excellent game plan. 
They did. I mean, they deserve a ton of credit. Held Mississippi State to 295 yards. Uh, that's very good against that team. And look at the amount of plays comparatively. 84 plays for Mississippi State versus 53 for Kentucky. So UK's defense was out there a lot and really good numbers. Um, you know, just a really good job. But Sean, um, we've talked about a lot of the good. I want to transition this over to some what I would consider question marks, I guess. And again, yeah. first one of the year. That's there's a lot to be happy about. We're on, you know, like we always do on Monday. We'll dig into this more. But just initial impressions of the offense tonight. It was horrible. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to sound too dramatic. It was horrible. 73 passing yards, 84 rushing yards. And for all the talk that I had this week going in about the weather, the weather did not play a role at all. It actually didn't rain at all during no. this game. It might start raining here in a few minutes while we record this. Um, so there's no excuse there. Uh, and I'm not going to pin this all on one guy because there are many guys tonight who did not play well on that side of the ball. But I, I'm happy for the defense that they played so well that they can feel good about themselves. But – I gotta imagine the offense is really gonna have to look itself in the mirror after this performance tonight. They're coming off the hills of a great performance, but yeah. I guess you're only as good as your most recent week. And this was uh, this was like a performance. I don't remember the last time they only scored, or sorry, only uh, had 157 total yards of offense. That is not gonna be able to, you know, you really can't beat anybody unless you have the kind of defensive performance they had tonight. Yeah. And- and just looking at that offensive performance, Derek, I think you'll agree with me. There's only one team on the schedule that you can walk into and say you're going to beat if you play offense like that, and it's probably Vanderbilt. Every other team on the schedule, I think, could beat Kentucky if that's the offense of output that they get. Uh, just the receivers dropping balls. Terry wasn't accurate on some throws. The tight ends did get involved. They targeted all three. I think they all three made a – made a catch, including Keaton Upshaw with a touchdown, Derek. That is something you have you and I have been talking about is in the red zone that they have to target him, and he came away with a touchdown. And uh, two, just where is Chris Rodriguez? Why was there limited yeah. touches for him? I'm pretty sure that he had, he had fewer carries than Max Duffy did punts. And yeah. when he was the highest-graded running back in college football by PFF last week, what did Rodriguez do to not get touches? And then, Rod, and then Rose had another critical mistake there when he, he put the ball on the ground. It could have given Mississippi State momentum, but Kentucky's defense was able to answer and hold Mississippi State in check. So what do you make of that with Rodriguez in a, in a backfield that really only played two guys until late in the game, and he got that few carries? It's it's unexplainable. I, I can't figure it out. Um, Rodriguez, the time is now for him. It's time to transition this offense to Chris Rodriguez. He needs to be the lead back. He needs to be the guy who's getting, shoot, at least 20 carries a game. If, if they're not running the ball this much, it needs to be him leading the way. When Smoke gets back, he needs to play there too. I'm not saying you should be totally done with Rose. There's no place for Rose on this team. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is they need to be past the point where Rose is finishing the night with more carries than either Rodriguez or Smoke. And I know Smoke's out for a few weeks, but that's just how it is. Rose has been here a long time. hes I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he needs to be such a focal point anymore is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and really, to that extent too, Sean, I don't think Wilson needs to be running the football as much as he did tonight either. He had the one great run on third and 13, set up a touchdown on a really good throw. Definitely his best sequence of the night was that long run. And then good play design, I thought, to Upshaw, hit him. But, uh, 
I just don't understand all the QB runs with him. You know, but the crazy thing about him is sacks are um, they're counted in to the rushing yards. So he had 13 carries for 50 yards, but he had a long run of 51. <laughs> so uh, kind of funny stats there. But uh, no, I just thought that. And, and what sucks this year is you know typically you would get. Uh, Eddie Grant after every game, you get Brad White, but now with uh, the COVID rules, we won't get to ask about this stuff until Tuesday. And they've all, they've always been a little bit, this year anyway, they've been a little uh, snippy when it comes to people asking about running back rotation. So we'll see what kind of answer we get from them. I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of a smart-ass answer from Grant about this stuff. Uh, I hope it's not. I hope he gives a, a logical reason as to why. Um, but even more than the run game, which was a struggle, only 84 yards, so hats off to Mississippi State. But uh, this offense, Sean, and I'm not blaming it all on Terry. Don't think it's all Terry's fault. They very much struggle to just drop back and throw the ball. I don't know why it's so difficult. They do, and uh, I apologize for the uh, background audio there. Somebody was walking through with a walkie-talkie, and it actually picked up on both our mics, so I apologize for that. But you're right, this offense, this offense isn't good enough to beat really good teams in this league, Derek. And they the offensive line wasn't able to control the line of scrimmage and stuff tonight either. This I, I think that was one of the worst offensive performances I've seen in the last few years. We've seen some bad ones uh, from this team. Uh, what do you make? You know, Joey Gatewood gets some reps there at the end, which they needed to get him. Uh, does that tell you that he's the backup quarterback right now? I mean, it has to, right? I think so. Um you know, I still think both stands have a chance, but yeah, I'll probably tell you something that they put Gatewood in. I'm not going to be the guy leading this train that Gatewood needs to be playing over Terry. Uh, it's not gotten to that point. However, I will say Gatewood is a big kid who yeah. can move, and I don't think it's out of the question that he needs to have some kind of packages. Especially like it's one thing if the offense is going out there and you know flatten it up like against Ole Miss, the way that game played out. Totally understand. I want to break that rhythm. Tonight, when you can't get anything going, yeah, I don't think it's that bad of an idea to maybe put him in. I was a full-time guy. but just give him some looks, see if he can't get a spark. And the same goes for Jatama Flank. He gets one carry tonight. I think one carry. One carry that I remember. Uh, Truck someone, too. Yes. Yes, he had one carry. 17 yards, ran over a guy. You know, get that kid in there a little more. You know, I, we talk about him all year, and he goes out there and does that. But again, though, um, we'll have more time to dissect into this. I want, I want to watch this game again. Uh, and, and to point this out, too, Terry didn't get a ton of help from, you know, Rick had a drop. Uh, I think I'm forgetting another big drop. I know Harris had a few more. Daly had a drop on the screen pass. I mean, it, they did not help him out very much. His numbers would have been better. But the point, I think, still stands. When he has to sit back consistently throw the football, he has not proven his Kentucky career that he can really do it successfully. That's all I'm saying about Terry in terms of that. He hasn't. And, and two, uh, let's let's talk about this before we let, – let's, let's talk about this and then let's spend like two minutes talking about the SEC overall and then we'll wrap up. But there were a lot of young guys on that defensive line tonight too. Marquand McCall was out. Uh, was it a violation of team rules? Is that what Stoop said? Yes. Okay, so he was out. Justin Rogers made his debut tonight, Derek. And the one thing that I noticed is he takes up a ton of space when he's out there at that nose guard position. Uh, Josiah Hayes made an appearance tonight. Uh, Octavius Oxendine was in that. Was is, am I missing anybody that got snaps there? And, and all, key all points of the game. Played. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, key points, yeah. Even Oxendon was in there in moments where it still mattered. Trayvon Ramsey got in on that very last series. I tweeted it. I think there were seven or eight guys who were true freshmen who played the very last series with just a few minutes. Um, they had a couple redshirt freshmen in there as well. But, I, no, I think you're going to see – you know, Rodgers had one play, like you were talking about, um, where he came off his blocker and disengaged and hit the running back. He was on a few tackles. As a matter of fact, I want to look up his numbers real quick because he was, uh, his name was called a few times. Uh, uh, he had two tackles. He was credited with two tackles. And, uh, he, you know, he looked like he belonged out there. I think he's a guy you're going to see. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays every game from here on out. Yeah, after that performance. And to – we will get into more of this on Monday. Uh, but Akeem Hayes, he had a tweet after the game, yeah. Derek, and he was a guy that made an appearance on the depth chart. He's a guy that we've been That's saying. A starter, right? <laughs> and he, he's been a guy that we've been saying they probably need to get involved because he looks like a, re- a reliable option. And he didn't – like, did he even get in? Like, was there even a snap? He he played. Uh, but it wasn't in not any – Not much. Yeah. Didn't so get targeted. His tweets, let's see, the first one said, I thought the best player is supposed to play with three question marks. And then he followed it with 19 out, which is his jersey number. Those tweets have since been deleted. But he hasn't. He he shouldn't go to Twitter. But I'll ask you this, does he have an argument? He definitely has a point. But the only thing I'll say, and it's because – what we don't see is what the coaches see all week in practice. I don't, I don't know anything about him off the field. All those things uh, that maybe played into to this role tonight, perhaps there's things that happened that we didn't know about. Right. However, through two games, from all we've seen in terms of results, he has been behind Josh Felly, their best receiver. Yes. And for them to practically not play, I get, and like, here's the deal, man. Like, Cleveland Thomas isn't doing anything. You know, like he's not a guy who's – DeMarcus Harris isn't playing great right now. Alan Daly's not playing great right now. I mean, like there are very few options behind Josh Ali. And I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it more. I'm sure that will be asked of Stoops on Monday. I mean, it's not, the, it's not the first time kids have, have said things after games. But from, from my perspective, I can get it. But like I said, perhaps there are other things going on that we don't know about that might be weighing into that That's decision. point. And, and one thing on Harris, too, he, he hasn't been able to catch a ball the last few weeks, and he completely missed a block on a screen there that could have gotten Josh Ali hurt. It, yes. was a, it was a really, really bad missed block that Josh was just blindsided by contact. So, does uh, he look faster to you this year? He Josh Ali? Faster to me. On, the play, yeah. Yeah. on the play early in the game, I thought he looked – and Derek, he's the only guy, and I, a lot of it could be – is Terry just looking at Josh? Well, I think the reason he keeps looking at him is because he's the only guy that's getting open. So yeah, they've, I mean, they've got to find some people be... to get separation there. One, one more thing, too, before we touch SEC just for a moment. Josh Pascal missed the entire second half with a knee sprain. Uh, Mark Stoops said that they don't know how you know how bad how bad it is, but he did say that he talked to Josh in the locker room after the game, and Josh doesn't think it's going to cause him to miss some time, but we'll see. Also, Derek Bryce Oliver was still missing tonight. That has to be a guy that whenever they get back, surely that gives them another reliable receiver. So we got to wait and see what that does this offense. But this offense needs more than one guy to come up and make some plays. Does uh, you're right, Bryce Oliver? I, mean, I think he steps back in and immediately he's healthy. He's going to be someone who uh, should get a decent volume of targets. But no, Pascal. 
I mean, what more can I say about this kid? You know, in the media, you're not supposed to have, you know, favorites, things like that. You're supposed to treat everybody the same. But, like, he can't help. But, I mean, I love just, I love watching Josh Pascal play football. I mean, his story, the kind of kid he is, to see him make that play tonight. I mean, how many – what's he listed at, like, 280-something pounds? Yeah, he running down guess. the sidelines like that? <laughs> I mean, I, and I tweeted, like, I think he's having it. I mean, there are very good players in this league. I don't know where he stands against all those guys, but from what I've seen, I think he's been UK's best defender this season. He uh, is, and he's a leader. He's a tremendous player, a leader. Yeah, like, if he doesn't play next week, that is a huge loss for Kentucky's defense. Yeah. But I do want to say this. Isaiah Gibson looked pretty good in the top yeah, of the he did. Uh, got to play today. So that's a good sign, though, that he got in there and played a little bit. And into Boogie Watson came up with a huge play there, ripping the ball uh, from Mississippi State receiver there, right before the ball crossed the the plane. Uh, huge play from him. He also had a big sack in the fourth quarter. So it's good to see Kentucky's defense. Uh, the guys that we expected making plays when we started the season, they're making plays now. And this def- that defense has to have a ton of confidence. But Derek, I'll ask you really quick. This was a wild Saturday in the SEC. With uh, LSU losing at Missouri, I told you that I didn't feel too good about that game, but I didn't feel, you know, good enough to predict a Missouri win. And then Texas A&M goes and gets a, a big win against Florida. So just a wild Saturday in the SEC. What do you make of it real quick? Yeah, LSU is, is not very good at all. Um, Arkansas was robbed on a bad missed call. Auburn continues to be the luckiest team in the SEC in terms of calls. Uh, Florida. That was a tremendous game I watched today. A&M finally got their first big win. Um, I think you might get me this week, Sean, in our predictions. I need to go back and look at all those, but I know I missed several from today. But uh, Ole Miss <laughs> put up 48. So, like, I, I don't think that looks as bad to you after what it happened does. last week. It, it but up 48 in Alabama. Well, I'll tell you this. I feel better now about Kentucky than I did on my drive up I-75 today. I, I talked to you all day today, and I was like, look, if they lose this game, 0-5, 0-6 – is there. Now I feel a little bit better about this team. They have a huge game at Tennessee next week. I know neither one of us will probably pick Kentucky to win that game, just given history. But I certainly think that they can be competitive, but they have to find something offensively to go win that game. Uh, but we'll talk about all that on Monday. We'll have some guests joining us again. We recorded this from the press, bro- press box here at Kroger Field, so if it sounds like we're whispering, it's because we are, because we're trying to be uh, – Trying to be kind to our fellow journalists here to not be too loud, but we we finally have a win to talk about, Derek. So this is the first win post game. So we'll see how this one does. Uh, but hopefully you made it out to the Butcher's Pub tonight to watch Kentucky's win versus Mississippi State. Get back out there this week. Two locations, one in Pineville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. For more information, you can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. And then you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Podbean, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, search Kentucky Daily, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and review, and we'll be back again on Monday. Catch you guys now. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.